On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger. Joining me, friend of the show, Andrew Thomason. Andrew, it's been a bit. How have you been, my friend? Yeah, it has been a while, Cody. Um, I'm doing quite well. Uh, how are things with you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, like we said off air, we just reached 2,000 subscribers, uh, so that's definitely a cool milestone. And, you know, Andrew, you've been here since really the beginning, last year, before we even hit 1,000 subscribers. Heck, I don't even know if we were at 500 subscribers, but it's been super cool to see, you know, just the ways that our podcast has grown and reached, you know, different fans all over the world. And just how, you know, we were talking off air, Andrew, it's just a cool thing because, you know, we just do this for fun, but, you know, for some people it could be something that, you know, is just a distraction from life is just a way for them, you know, that could actually impact them. And that's just such a cool thing um, that we're able to do. Um, like we said, just do this for fun, but we're able to do that and give back to you guys. Um, I know we just did that giveaway. Uh, we're doing another giveaway now for a light 3d, light stand type of thing. It's pretty, it looks pretty cool. I know Derek said he has one and he really enjoys it. Um, so hop over to Twitter, to Instagram, wherever you are, um, and get entered for that. But Andrew, today we've been looking at the different position groups on the Colts roster. We've already looked at the quarterbacks, already looked at the running backs. So if you guys have not checked those two out, be sure to check those out. But today we want to look at stay on the offensive side and look at the wide receiver group. Now this is a group that actually has a lot of talent, but last year there was a lot of injuries that happened in this group. Obviously they addressed it in a big way by drafting uh, Michael Pittman early in the second round with their first second round pick. So we want to start here and look at this group. This is a a very interesting group with a lot of potential, uh, but also some question marks as well. And Andrew, I thought we could start here with the guy who's been the mainstay for the Colts ever since he was drafted in 2012. I'm um, a guy who's consistently put up a thousand yard seasons. He's been phenomenal for the Colts. He's played in eight seasons now. And of those eight seasons, he's posted a thousand plus yard outings in five of those seasons. T.Y. Hilton out of FIU. He's a guy, former third round pick, and he has just been electric for the Colts ever since he was drafted. Now, I know he played alongside Andrew Luck for a number of years, but he also played with a lot of other quarterbacks because, as you remember, there were different moments in Andrew Luck's career where he had to sit out certain games because of injuries that weren't addressed prior to that. So T.Y. Hilton's seen a lot of different quarterbacks, and now he's seen, I think, his eighth quarterback now in Phillip Rivers. This is the guy that's coming off arguably his worst statistical year. I mean, he only played in 10 games. That's the least amount of games he's played in his career. He's, you know, on the wrong side of 30 now. And so and there's some factors here. But, you know, T.Y. Hilton's a guy, Andrew, that we know. He thrives off of kind of having that chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's 5'9". Like, I don't even know. He's like 180 pounds, 170 pounds, small receiver. But he does not play like that. 
Andrew, what are your thoughts here on T.Y. Hilton? Because there's a lot of young guys in this Colts receiving core. T.Y. Hilton's kind of the guy, you know, the veteran presence in that wide receiver core. Um, first off, what are your thoughts just overall on the career that T.Y. Hilton has had up to this point? And also, what do you think he can bring to, you know, statistically to the Colts in 2020 and also just bringing in as far as experience to some of these younger wide receivers that the Colts have? I think first off, Cody, when you look at T.Y. Hilton's career in its entirety, um, you can't help that, as you mentioned, 5,000 yard seasons. I mean, um, he's just been tremendous. I know this past season, as you mentioned, he battled the injury bug and only played in 10 games, um, which was a career low for him. And obviously was a key contributor um, to, you know, the, obviously the amount of yards he had, uh, catches, touchdowns. And then I think Jacoby Brissett's injury, you can throw that in there, um, you know, because Brian Horner wasn't exactly the greatest quarterback. But anyways, with Hilton, he's been, as you mentioned, a staple of this offense since he was drafted in 2012 out of FIU. He's been, in my opinion, one of the better deep threats in football uh, in terms of just pure speed. And and when you look at a guy like you said, Cody, you know, a guy that it's as small, I guess, as T.Y. Hilton, you know, 5'9", 170, 180 pounds, somewhere in that realm. You think of a guy like Hilton as just being pure speed and you don't really see him as a legit route technician. And over the course of his career, I think he's become one of the better route runners uh, in the entire NFL. Um, I think, you know, besides Tyreek Hill and maybe a couple of other honorable mentions, he's still one of the fastest receivers in football. And I think when you look at, as you mentioned, Cody, his veteran leadership, he's somebody that's that's done it uh, for the past seven, eight years. And I think he's somebody that could bring a lot of just positive leadership to these younger guys, the Michael Pittman Jr. and the Desmond Pattons of the world who, who were recently drafted this past April uh, to come in and potentially be the successor to T.Y. Hiltner. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think Hilton overall, I, I make this argument every now and then that, that if NFL's, if the NFL was like a fantasy league and players you know, were to be drafted and everybody was available, I made the argument for T.Y. Hilton uh, as being a possible number one receiver. You know, like you said, he doesn't really have the prototypical size, but he's extremely fast and he's a phenomenal route runner and he's, he's reliable. Um, uh, aside from this last season, he's been extremely reliable for you. And I think that he's going to bring tremendous, tremendous things to Philip Rivers in this Colts, Colts offense uh, in 2020. Yeah, exactly. And we know last year, statistically, the Colts were not a very good team in terms of passing yards and, you know, 20 plus yard plays, bigger plays, if you will. Um, but now you throw in a guy like Phillip Rivers, who we know, you know, maybe he didn't have the greatest touchdown to interception ratio last year, but he's a guy that likes to push the ball down the field. I mean, he's consistently done that. I mean, say what you want about Phillip Rivers, but the Chargers were a top 10 passing offense last year, and Phillip Rivers was a big part of that. And so, you know, throwing a guy like T.Y. Hilton, who we know thrives off of those deep bombs. I mean, I feel like that's the T.Y. Hilton play when you think of what's a route that T.Y. Hilton loves. It's just that go route, right? You're just running straight straight down the field and outrunning everybody. I mean, we saw that. We've seen that countless years with T.Y. Hilton. I mean, you throw, you throw it back to that Kansas City game. I mean, that was the that was the play that really helped change the game. I mean, that gave the Colts the lead in that game. And that's just a staple of what T.Y. Hilton has done throughout his career and what he continues to do. And I think, yeah, adding a guy like Phillip Rivers, a guy who likes to push the ball down the field, will certainly benefit T.Y. Hilton a lot. Um, But it's interesting because you look at kind of the history and the hierarchy here, the Colts receivers, really since Marvin Harrison was here. You know, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne's drafted in 2001, I believe. 
And then Marvin Harrison kind of trains Reggie, preps him. Reggie Wayne takes over. And then he kind of does the same with T.Y. Hilton. And then T.Y. Hilton takes over as the number one receiver. And now you throw in a guy like Michael Pittman. It's kind of interesting because, you know, it's kind of similar points in their career. Reggie to T.Y. Reggie was, you know, in his early 30s when T.Y. was drafted. And now you throw in Michael Pittman. Um, and T.Y. Hilton's in his early 30s now. So, you know, maybe we could see a little bit of the passing of the torch, but how valuable do you think it is, Andrew, for a guy like Michael Pittman, who we'll talk about here in a second, to potentially learn from T.Y. Hilton? I mean, these guys are completely different body types, but one thing that T.Y. Hilton knows how to do is get open. I mean, he's consistently figured out ways to find holes in the defense to get open and make plays for his quarterback. But how valuable do you think it'll be, Andrew, for a guy like Michael Pittman to learn from potentially a future Hall of Famer in T.Y. Hilton? I think it's going to be extremely valuable for Pittman. Um, and I'll go back to what I said earlier about how well of a route runner T.Y. Hilton truly is. I mean, over the last, as I mentioned earlier, seven or eight years, he has become, in my opinion, one of the best route runners in football. As you just mentioned, Cody, he always is finding ways uh, to get open. He's reliable. He's consistent. And more than anything, as you mentioned earlier, he has that veteran leadership um, that, that, Honestly, there are some really quality receivers. I'm not going to name names specifically. There are some really quality receivers in the NFL that are tremendous at, at playing football. Um, but in terms of being leaders in the locker room, they, they, in my opinion, I don't think that's, that's what they're best at. And so I think T.Y. Hilton certainly has that going in his favor, uh, and as does Michael Pittman Jr. And I think it's... I think Michael Pittman Jr. has a chance to learn a lot from T.Y. Hilton, uh, not just with football aspects, but with leadership aspects, with expectations, um, because with, you know, with the Colts, they've, they've had a winning culture for the last several decades now. And I think that T.Y. Hilton has been a big part of that, at least within the last six to eight years. And I think Michael Pittman Jr. has a chance to be a big part of that uh, moving forward uh, with learning from a guy like T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, you mentioned it, you know, on the field and obviously off the field are huge, but you know, we, we've kind of heard a lot about Michael Pittman and just his character and how good of a character guy that he is, but yeah, it's a totally different game, you know, talking about, you know, coming in as a rookie and really commanding that room. I think that's something that Michael Pittman's going to have to continue to learn um, and, and kind of, you know, T.Y. Hilton's not the most vocal leader, but he's a guy that just leads by example and continues to make plays after plays after plays. No matter how injured he is, it seems like he's always finding ways to get open and give his quarterback and offense a chance to win. But we can move it over now to the guy you just mentioned, Michael Pittman, uh, a guy that, you know, is really a bigger type of body for Phillip Rivers in this offense, really a receiver that we haven't seen the Colts draft recently. I mean, Marvin Harrison wasn't like that. Reggie Wayne wasn't like that. T.Y. Hilton obviously isn't like that. But Michael Pittman's a little bit different because he's not a slow receiver, and he's also very big, 6'4", you know, 220 pounds. Um, so he's you know got a lot of things. He, he caught over 100 balls last year at USC. He had tw- over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. And he also, Andrew, is tremendous at catching the football, which I think is huge. Because one thing that we've seen, you know, outside of T.Y. Hilton, the Colts have really struggled to, one, get open, and two, catch the football when thrown to it. I mean, we've seen that countless year after year after year. And then you throw in a guy like Michael Pittman, who has that combination of strength, size, and speed, who can kind of complement T.Y. Hilton. You know, he kind of complements T.Y. Hilton's body type as well. Um, I think that could be tremendous for kind of what the Colts want to do, especially with Philip Rivers' history with the bigger type of body receivers. You know, you think Vincent Jackson, um, you, you think most recently Mike Williams, 
everywhere, you know, Michael Pittman has a lot of the tools that you like from a receiver and potential number one receiver. What are your thoughts here, Andrew, on a guy like Michael Pittman? I think you hit a lot of key points with Pittman there, Cody. I think you, you look at his, his body type. As you mentioned, that's not really something the Colts have invested in uh, in years past. I think he compliments, as you said, T.Y. Hilton's body type uh, tremendously. He's 6'4", you know, 220 pounds, just to sort of repeat some of the things that you said, Cody. He's a guy that can go up and, and get those 50-50 contested balls uh, if needed. He's He's got a, a tremendous catch radius. He's got big hands. He's a great route runner, an all-around uh, tremendous person from what Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and some of the Colts coaching staff have said. And I think that he has a chance to, to come in and be an instant uh, impact to this Colts offense because, as you mentioned, Cody Phillip Rivers has had a lot of success in years past in Los Angeles and in San Diego as well with bigger bodied receivers such as Mike Williams and Vincent Jackson. And so I think when you, you add Michael Pittman to a group that has with T Y Hilton and some of the other guys that we're going to mention here soon, I think, I think Pittman's uh, going to come in and be an instant contributor uh, to this Colts offense. Yeah. He's a guy that definitely I think has potential from day one to come in and make a big impact right away. And we can move over now to another guy that the Colts invested pretty high draft capital in last year in 2019 uh, out of Ohio State, Paris Campbell. He's a guy that very, very fast. I mean, he ran a 4-3-140. He is a guy that when he, we saw flashes of him last year, but kind of similar to T.Y. Hilton last year, he just wasn't on the field a ton. He just struggled with different injuries throughout the year, different injuries. It was kind of a, a freak type of thing. It seemed like every time he got healthy, he would get injured again. But he's a guy, Andrew, that when he got the ball in his hands, especially we look at that Pittsburgh game last year, he was electric when he got the ball in his hands. I mean, he was making plays. He was outrunning guys. And now, you know, throwing another year of learning the system, you know, kind of improving. I know one knock on him was his route running, kind of improving that, especially you talking about T.Y. Hilton and now Michael Pittman, who is a very good route runner as well. This could serve Paris Campbell really well um, for kind of what he wants to do. He know, he's not – you know, he's fast, but he's not like a T.Y. Hilton type of body. I mean, he's almost six foot, but he's also got that speed element, which I think is so key. Um, Andrew, what are you looking for Paris Campbell here to continue to develop? Obviously, staying healthy is the most important thing. But what are you looking and hoping that Paris Campbell can kind of clean up here in year two uh, to potentially be that number three receiver for the Colts here in 2020? You know, you mentioned it, Cody. I think first and foremost, Paris Campbell has to come in with a clean bill of health. Um, as you mentioned, he battled a, just an odd amount of injuries last season. Like you said, every time he got healthy, it seemed as though he was unhealthy uh, within a few days, uh, unfortunately, due to multiple injuries. But then, like you said, you highlighted that Pittsburgh game. Um, and I, interestingly enough, I was on Twitter and I saw a, a stat from Pro Football Focus the other day that said out of all rookie receivers, Paris Campbell had the most yards after touch, like on uh, jet sweeps and into rounds and other uh, trick plays when, when Campbell was healthy. And so I think that's certainly an element that he brings to this offense. As you mentioned, he's a bit bigger than T.Y. Hilton, and he's probably just as fast, if not slightly faster than T.Y. Hilton. And if he can stay healthy, uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous, tremendous player in this offense in, in 2020. And another thing, too, that I'll mention real quickly, Cody, with Campbell, people forget that because the Colts didn't really have a big body type receiver with their offense last year, they asked Paris Campbell to play a lot outside, which if you remember from his Ohio State days, that's sort of unnatural to it. 
uh, he was primarily played in the slot. And so Frank Reich mentioned that, I think, within the last couple of weeks on a video conference with some of the Colts reporters, that Campbell this season is going to be primarily playing in the slot, which is more natural to him. So I think he's put back in his natural position, and if he comes in with a clean bill of slate, I, I think he could be – I think Paris Campbell honestly is a sleeper uh, on this Colts offense in 2020. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, just getting the ball in his hands. Like we saw last year when he got the ball in his hands, he was electric. And we know that Phillip Rivers kind of likes that. And Frank Wright kind of touched on that whole RPO game, right? So getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands into the hands of his playmakers, this could serve Paris Campbell. You know, we talked about Naheem Hines, how this could potentially serve him really well. I think this could serve a guy like Paris Campbell well, because he's still developing his route running, right? He's not refined on that yet. But when he gets the ball in his hands, he can go make a play. I mean, there's a reason why he was that fast. I think he was the fastest receiver in that draft, if I'm not mistaken. And then Naheem Hines was the fastest running back in the draft before that. So, you know, just getting the ball in the hands of guys who can go make plays, I think is going to be huge. And that's what Paris Campbell really was asked to do at Ohio State. I mean, he just got the ball in his hands and he just went out there and made plays. And so I think, yeah, if you can just, if you can just stay healthy and, you know, Frank Reich obviously – knows how to scheme guys up. And we saw with Eric Ebron, he knows how to scheme guys up to set them up well for success. And so I think if Paris Campbell is fully healthy in 2020 or relatively healthy, he can make a big impact. He can have a good sophomore campaign and it's going to be super exciting to see because he's shown glimpses. Now, if he can stay healthy with the addition of Michael Pittman and a healthy T.Y. Hilton, I mean, this wide receiver group, these top three could potentially be super, super dangerous. I mean, they're all fast guys. They're all guys who can go out there and make plays. Um, but I want to look at another, another guy here that really came on last year, and that's a guy that I don't think a lot of people are really talking about, especially because Michael Pittman was drafted. But a guy who played all 16 games – which that was a rarity among Colts receivers last year. And he actually played pretty well, despite the fact that the Colts had one of the bottom tier passing offenses last year. Zach Pascal, how about this guy? He's 6'2", 214. Um, he had 41 catches, 607 yards, and five touchdowns. He's a guy that also helps out, um, you know, in the kick return game. I know he's dabbled in that for some at some point. So he plays special teams. He's a guy that's just all around a good contributor. He's continuing to develop. As a pass catcher as well, um, you know, you saw from his first year with Andrew Luck to even this last year, his numbers went up and they improved. Now, you can obviously point to injuries being a factor for that, but Zach Pascal made some nice plays last year, Andrew. Um, and I think he's probably a lock for, if not number three, the number four wide receiver position. I think these are the four guys that we're looking at that are, you know, most definitely 99.9% sure they're all four going to make the final 53 man roster. Uh, but talk about Zach Pascal here, Andrew, for a second. Yeah, I think, Cody, when you look at Zach Pascal this past season with the injuries to Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton, he, he really stepped up and, and played a major role in this offense, had almost 700 yards. I think he had five or six touchdowns, if my memory serves me correctly. And I think Pascal, dating back to 2018 when, when Luck was still at quarterback, um, he had a he had a really good season then as well. And He's sort of kind of like a big bodied receiver. Um, he's not, you know, six four, six five, but he's got good size to him. He's six two, um, you know, 210, 15 pounds, I would assume. He's, and he's a solid, um, route runner as well. And I think that's something that he's learning to develop similar to Paris Campbell as he goes along. Uh, I think he's honestly one of the more underrated players on this offense. Um, he's not really explosive. He's not going to beat you over the top with, with, you know, track like speed, but he's, 
consistent. He's reliable. He knows how to get open. Uh, and he knows how to catch football. So I think it's going to serve him well uh, with Phillip Rivers and this Colts offense moving forward. Yeah, definitely. He's a guy that really just kind of came onto the scene last year. Super cool to kind of see him thrive here in his second season with the Colts. And it'll be interesting to see now how he helps his quarterback and, you know, what kind of playing time he sees. Because he could be the number three receiver, honestly, depending how Paris Campbell shapes out, if he continues to stay healthy or if there's another injury that happens, you know, whatever. He's a guy that I think the Colts have a lot of trust in and hopefully Phillip Rivers will learn in time to have trust with him because he's a guy that definitely is consistent and a guy that knows how to get open and make plays for his quarterback as well. So those are the four guys that we're looking at here that are going to make the final 53-man roster in our opinion. But we're going to talk about a few other guys here before we wrap up this podcast. Some guys that we think could potentially fight and duke it out there for the number five and potentially number six wide receiver position. Um, There's a few guys that we think have a shot at it, and maybe there's some other guys that that we don't touch on that you guys think maybe have a a more of a shot, but these are the guys that we think have a legitimate shot to probably win that number five or number six position. We'll start here with a guy that the Colts brought back in-house, Marcus Johnson. He's a guy, if you remember right, uh, he was formerly of the Eagles, and the Colts actually traded one of their tight ends, Darren Daniels, for him. Uh, In 2018, he... He had actually a pretty decent game before he got injured. He went on injured reserve. He had a pretty decent game against the Jets. I think I believe he had a touchdown. And then, you know, he just got injured. And uh, the Colts brought him back last year. And he made some plays for the Colts last year, especially with the, just how injured the wide receiver group was. Um, I thought he was pretty decent for the Colts. And I think he, he has a shot here potentially to be that number five wide receiver, especially you throw in the familiarity with Frank Reich you know, back in Philly, that connection. Um, so he kind of knows this offense, which will serve him well, I believe. Andrew, what are your thoughts here on a guy like Marcus Johnson and his shot potentially to make the final 53-man roster as a number five or number six wide receiver? Similar to Zach Pascal, Cody, you look at a guy like Marcus Johnson, um, and he's somebody. He's a player that stepped up when the Colts needed him most. And, and not necessarily, um, you know, stats-wise, but there were a few games in there. Tampa Bay is one that comes to mind where the Colts were in playoff contention record wise and they needed a big win and they needed wide receivers to step up and play well uh, in the apps or with the absence, I should say, of T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell uh, and others. And I think Marcus Johnson played pretty well. Now, he's not you know the fastest receiver in the world, but he caught a really uh, a couple of really nice deep balls. If I remember correctly, in that Tampa Bay game, uh, one of which was a, before uh, halftime which ended up um, allowing the Colts to, to kick a field goal. I guess it just shows that um, in a way that he was able to come up and, and, and sort of get open when the Colts needed him to get open, um, you know, because obviously the, the object before um, the end of the second half is to, is to, if you can, try and put points on the board. And so he certainly helped in that department. And then when you look at his overall season, like I said, the numbers aren't going to blow you away necessarily. Uh, but I think he's got, he's got a good chance to make this roster. You mentioned the familiarity with Frank Reich and the, and the offense uh, back when they were in Philly. And I think he's a solid player. Um, he's somebody that doesn't really get injured. He's somebody, somebody that's reliable, um, I think, when, when need be. And so I, I think he's a quality player, and I think he has a legitimate chance to make the roster. Yeah, and another guy we want to look at here was a guy that was really coming on last year in training camp and then at the end of the preseason before he suffered that really gruesome injury that made him sit out the entire year. Reese Fountain, a former fifth-round pick of the Colts in 2018, 
Um, honestly, you know, didn't he was really raw kind of coming out of college, but it seems like he's continued to develop, continued to mature and kind of acclimate himself to the NFL game. Now, he hasn't seen any, really any game action yet. I know he was active for that playoff game against Kansas City, but beyond that, he hasn't played any significant snaps for the Colts. Um, and that's not his fault. Obviously, the injury was a big factor last year, but he was really turning heads in the preseason. Um, but, you know, if he can return fully healthy, I think Andrew, he legitimately does have a shot at that number five or number six wide receiver position. Uh, what are your thoughts here on a guy like Reese Fountain? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I look at Reese Fountain and when, when you say the name Reese Fountain, I think back to last year's training camp and he was turning a lot of heads um, back when when uh, when he was healthy and before he tore his ACL. And I think he had a legitimate chance to make the roster then. And I think that, you know, uh, barring a, a, any unforeseen injury again or um, not being able to come back from, from this previous injury as well as he would have liked to or as early as he would have liked to, I think he's got a, a good chance to make the roster. Uh, I think he's a quality player. Uh, I think a former fifth-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. And I think he's somebody that, um, similar to Zach Pascal, you know, they have a similar body type, 6'1", 6'2". Um, we haven't really seen much in terms of the, you know, on the field, in an actual game setting because, you know, he got injured, but I think he's a quality player both on and off the field. I think he brings uh, a quality amount of leadership to the locker room, even though he's still young. Um, and I think he's got a good chance to, to make this roster as well. Another guy that I think some people are kind of high on, we haven't seen him a ton either. Ashton Doolin. He's a guy out of Malone college. Uh, he's only 23 years old. Uh, he's a guy that's played primarily special teams for the Colts, which we know that's huge, especially at the back end of the roster. Um, he's the guy that's played some snaps for the Colts, but ultimately, you know, he's still young. He's still a guy that, you know, could potentially grow as a wide receiver, but he also has some value on special teams. What are your thoughts, Andrew, on potentially a guy like Ashton Doolin? I think he's kind of a dark horse candidate for me to potentially challenge for that number five or number six wide receiver spot this year. Yeah, I, I kind of hate to go against the grain here, Cody, but I'm not a huge fan of Ashton Doolin. I know he's young, and I think that he, I know some people, uh, you know, think he has potential. And I don't want to say, I don't want to sit here and say that he doesn't. Um, but for a long, long time, the Colts had a lot of issues, uh, particularly at wide receiver. They certainly didn't have enough depth, and they went into this draft and addressed that with Michael Pittman Jr. and Desmond Patton. Uh, they went into the off season, or I should say, they've gone into past off seasons. Um, and, and addressed it there as well. And so overall, when I think it, when you look at the Colts wide receiver room and you look at, at some guys that we just mentioned, uh, and, and Reese Fountain and Marcus Johnson, I don't know if Ashton Doolin has a, as a legit chance to make the roster. In my opinion, the only way I see him making the roster is if he starts to turn heads in the same way that Reese Fountain was turning heads uh, last season. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Well, we haven't seen a ton of him, so we just have no idea what he could potentially provide. But I know at Malone, he was a very good wide receiver, but obviously that doesn't, it may or may not translate to the NFL level, especially from a small college like Malone. Um, the last guy I wanted to really talk about, I know there might be some other guys like looking at some of the undrafted free agents like Michael Harris or some other of those guys. But the last guy that I think legitimately has a shot at making this final 53 man roster, Desmond Patman, the sixth round pick of this year, um, a guy that's uh, 6'4", 225. He's another guy that's a big body wide receiver. Um, he's a guy that I think overall, you know, he he has a lot of those 
physical attributes that really stand out to you. Now we know besides Michael Pittman and you could maybe throw in Zach Pascal there. The Colts don't really have a lot of giant big receivers like Desmond Patman and Michael Pittman. I mean, those are the only couple ones, but you know, he's a guy that's just a physical freak. I mean, he has ginormous hands. He's a guy that just, you know, has all the potential in the world. Um, but there's a reason he was a sixth round pick. I mean, uh, he wasn't, he didn't really necessarily go to a giant college. He just doesn't, wasn't necessarily like on teams radars, uh, but, you know, could potentially be a, a decent kind of project type of wide receiver. Like we've seen the Colts in the last few years kind of take some guys later on in the draft that have those physical tools. I mean, you think Marvell Tell last year and EJ Speed last year um, and some others. Uh, this is another guy that I think is potentially one of those type of guys who has the physical tools to potentially make an impact, you know, maybe not here in year one, but maybe down the road, he has the physical tools, especially kind of what the Colts like to do with their wide receivers um, with Phillip rivers and, you know, potentially Jacob Eason down the line. So throwing a guy like Desmond Patman here, you know, I don't know what he could contribute here in year one. Maybe he's more of a practice squad type of guy. Uh, Do you think he legitimately though, Andrew has a shot? Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm going to say no. Uh, I think, as you said, Cody, I think he's more of a practice squad guy for now. Uh, you know, now if there's an injury to the wide receiver group down the road and they're in need of that big body replacement, um, then I think he can certainly come in and fill that role if need be. Um, similar to you, Cody, I haven't seen a ton on, on Patman. I haven't watched a ton of film on him and, and didn't prior to his draft. And it's not an indictment on him. Um, but he was picked in the later rounds for a reason. And it's not to say that he doesn't have talent because there are plenty of NFL players, not just at wide receiver, but other positions as well that have come in in later rounds and, and have been tremendous players. Some even hall of famers, but that's beside the point um, with Patman. I think that he's got potential. I do. Um, but as I mentioned earlier with a guy like Ashton Doolin, the Colts have a really good problem at wide receiver. And that's an odd way of putting that, but they do, they have a ton of depth. They have quality players. Um, they have uh, several players that they just um, drafted within the last couple of years in Paris Campbell and, and Michael Pittman Jr. that they believe are going to be key contributors right away to this offense. And I think that when you take all of those things into consideration, although Patman, you know, as you mentioned, is a, is quality in terms of um, his ability, you know, to, to catch the football, his ginormous hands, uh, and his ability to. Um, run routes pretty well, at least from what I've heard, I should say, then I, you know, I, you factor all those things and I think he's got a, a, a chance, but I don't, uh, I don't think it's very big. I think he starts out on the practice squad and he kind of works his way up from there. Yeah. Maybe similar to kind of a Reese fountain situation in year one, he kind of was a practice squad type of guy. Now we don't know what Reese fountain is exactly yet, um, but I think he has a better shot obviously at making the roster than a Desmond Patman. So maybe they go that same kind of route, where they like the, the tools that he has, but they realize that he still needs to develop on the practice squad for a year or two. So that makes total sense to me. Um, before we wrap it up here, Andrew, I'm curious. So if you had to choose out of any of these wide receivers that we just looked at, who would you say, say the Colts keep six receivers, okay? Who would be your number five and your number six right now? I mean, if I if it were me, my number five and number six, huh? I'd have to go with Marcus Johnson and probably Reese Fountain. And that's solely based off what I've already seen. Obviously, I mentioned earlier with Reese Fountain, he hasn't really had much in-game experience due to an injury. Marcus Johnson has, and uh, he's played quite well um, when needed. And with Reese Fountain's 
Um, you know, I think what a lot of people see is upside with the way that he turned heads in last year's camp. Uh, that, that to me would be my five and six, just solely based off that right there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would say that as well. You know, Marcus Johnson, just because of the familiarity standpoint, and then Reese Fountain, because I think he showed enough to warrant potentially a spot on this final 53 man roster. So yeah, I think that makes total sense to me. Um, I, I think those are the guys right now. Again, stuff can happen in training camp and completely change our projections from now to when what actually happens when the season rolls around. But that'll do it for our look here at the wide receiver core for the Indianapolis Colts. Next up is the tight end group. I don't know if Derek or Andrew will be on for that, but it's certainly been fun to kind of look at the different position groups and kind of just break them down because there's a lot of interesting storylines within these position groups to kind of talk about and kind of debate back and forth. But yeah, that'll do it for this podcast. Thank you guys so much for 2000 subscribers. Thank you so much for your support of us. Um, If you have not entered that giveaway yet, be sure to do that. But for Andrew and myself, thank you guys. And as always, go Colts.